It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply. Welcome to Screen Talk, IndieWire's weekly podcast. I'm Eric Cohn, the deputy editor and chief critic. Joined, as always, by Ann Thompson, our editor-at-large, usually dialing in from Los Angeles. But this time, you seem to have gotten a little lost south of the border. You're in Mexico. What are you doing out there, Ann? There's this really good festival, the Moralia Film Festival, which I went to last year. What had happened was that this woman, Meredith Brody, who, who wrote for me on Thompson on Hollywood, she would write these amazing pieces about all the food and all the meals and the great food parties and the great uh, trips to Potscuaro and all this stuff that she and I would go I want to be there I want to be doing that so I I basically got myself invited and now um, I, I'm back again and uh, happy to be here it's a great festival I went in 2008 and, I, and I've been wanting to go back ever since because it's it's a cool city that I think a lot of people even if they've been to Mexico a lot don't know about it. it's sort of a college town it's very hip it's it's pretty far from mexico city but it's it's got its own sort of, sort of thing going on and it's a very well programmed festival yeah it's part of Chuacan. it's part you know it's south of of, of guadalajara and and uh not and it's inland it's it's very beautiful i i, I quite i quite like it and uh the guy who's in charge of uh, Sinipolis, the the um fourth largest exhibitor in the world, you know, I mean, Crazy. we talk about China, yeah. but we also have a Mexican exhibition, uh, uh, conglomerate going on. And, and, uh, he's, he's basically, uh, behind this festival and lets people watch the movies at, at a discount at his theaters. And it's, it's kind of cool. Anything you're looking forward to seeing this weekend? Well, I'm, I'm going to catch up with some of the, um, Mexican, competition films and I'm not going to be able to give you all their all their names but I've got tips on on two of them and uh you know you don't want to you don't want to take too many risks but you want to get some tips so I came in from the airport not only with Chris Dodd who's the head of the MPAA who loves coming to Moralia um but the uh one of the programmers uh was in was in the car and so she was giving me giving me tips on uh, and they're doing they're doing a tribute to Audrey Tattoo so Thierry Fumo will be here as usual following his Lumiere uh festival he likes to come here last year they tributed Isabella Bear so I got to meet her then um and they're having a big tribute to German cinema with the director who who did the movie um Victoria Right, so it's it's not really just a festival exclusively focused on the Latin American world. It's just a well-programmed festival that knows how to get some top-tier talent out there to kind of survey everything that's out there. Well said, well but, said. But I do, remember, I do remember when I was there in 2008, I saw a movie that never got released in the U.S. It was probably made for $1,000 in, in the middle of the desert, and it just blew my mind. So there are some good discoveries if you dig deep enough. No, I saw a documentary last year about the... Mexican um, Ouija kind of photographer uh, who, 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 who went around shooting train wrecks and stuff, I mean, uh, uh, car wrecks and, and, and decapitated 
bodies and people's with their arms in meat grinders and stuff. It was one of the best documentaries I've ever seen. And I swear that never surfaced really mm. in the, uh, people say that the European, uh, documentaries are often not entirely recognized inside, um, the American documentary universe. Although I will say that the Italian submission for the Oscar fire at sea, which was one of, um, is one of the best films uh, I've seen this year. Is, is is definitely being taken seriously. Right. Well, it also helps that it's in the zeitgeist, so that sort of thing. That's a, why. That's why. That. It, yeah. It's about it's about the uh, the the uh, immigration issues in Europe. Um, okay, let's do the Gotham's. Yes. So, in, in in addition to the Morelia Film Festival happening this weekend, uh, the award season cycle continues with the Gotham Awards. the The nominations came out this week. And um, I always love being a part of this process. I, I've been on the Best Feature uh, Selection Committee, Nominating Committee in the last few years, in addition to the Breakthrough Director Award and the Screenplay Award. We also had two other members of our staff this year who were on uh, different committees. David Ehrlich, who, who nominated the uh, Breakthrough Actor category with some other people, as well as Liz Miller, our TV editor, who, who nominated the uh, Breakthrough Series Long form and short form. So uh, we were all Gotham's across jumping the on the TV bandwagon along with everybody else. Yeah, but I but I have to tell you that the Gotham's nominating process. I mean, a lot of times the narrative around the Gotham's is well, they may be the first out of the gate in terms of awards season nominations, but they don't tell you anything. And I find that to be a compliment because it's a very different kind of process for nominating films than anything else that we'll be talking about this season. It really is these small groups of people who just have a conversation about the best movies of the year and wind up with some kind of consensus list. Now, sometimes that reflects movies that are in the conversation for other reasons. And that How many people are on that feature, best feature there, committee? There's five, there's five people. And it's usually, it, it moves around, people move around a little bit, they kind of shake it up. I, kind of, I think I wound up on, on the same category for a while, partly because one of the reasons this process works the way it does is that you really have to see a lot of movies throughout the year. I mean, especially with something like Breakthrough Director. I mean, these are movies that, in some cases, very few people have seen, or if they did see them, they saw them at film festivals and things like that, and so... You know, for me, it's it's sort of a culmination of traveling around and watching so many different kinds of new movies. No, you have a, you're a good person for them to have on there. But what I would, I guess, where I'm getting at is the, that I think what what the the I've, I've, the, perp, the the thing that that an awards show like the Gotham's the, these nominations does for the people who are paying attention, it gives them reasons to watch something. Um, this helps with documentaries, say, you know, it, it helps a lot to have camera person, I'm not your Negro, OJ made in America. These are three we've already brought up. And Wiener and Tower, we've talked about all of these. They continue to be ones that will go moving up on the pile. Those are the ones I have to see, you know, for the people in the in the doc branch who are having to get through 130 movies or something and are worried they're not going to even see their minimum 20, uh, that they're assigned Mind, you know, but but the but the other uh, I wonder about. It's interesting to me that that La La Land didn't make any play here, not even for Emma Stone. Uh, that sort of surprised me. And Best Actress. Well, maybe the question you start with here. I mean, we haven't really even talked about the Best Feature category in, in detail. I mean, there's 
certain women, everybody wants them, Manchester by the Sea, Moonlight Patterson. So what surprises you about La La Land not being in the mix? I because mean, it's, a, it's, it's it, I think what it, what this shows is that the Gothams are going to go in. A, and I predicted from the beginning that that certain you know that that Patterson and certain women and everybody wants some would be rewarded by the Gothams and the indie spirits, but might not be going all the way to the Oscar race. And and I think it's very important for the Gothams to do this. But La La Land, what this suggests to me. Is 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 that that movie must have been in the conversation, but was not considered one of the best independent films of the year. Yeah, I mean, if you really drill down into individual categories, things that don't make the cut are not there for a reason. I and mean, having said that, but you, partly yeah. because it probably got so many accolades that you didn't think it needed the help. Well, the, and the, it doesn't, the, and it doesn't need the help. I, I've heard people at studios say that about movies of a certain size. I mean, obviously. A movie like La La, La, La Land, Land is still an independent film. It is. I mean, and it was released by Lionsgate. It wasn't released by some somebody bigger than that. And, and Damien Chazelle is obviously somebody who's part of that world in a very specific way. Not to mention the fact that La La Land, which I like, is a natural outgrowth of a very scrappy first feature. And so in that sense, it does seem like a sort of triumph of a certain style kind of growing rapidly uh, as, as, the, as the artist does. So it's, it's not that. I mean, look. I, it's hard enough to come up with a list of, of my top ten, usually, at the end of, of the year, for a committee to come up with a top five for any of these categories, you know, where maybe everybody's all on board with them, maybe everybody's all on board with some of them. It, it, it's just, ultimately, anything that is not universally beloved is unlikely to make the cut. I mean, that's just, that happens with, a, with you know... And you're supporting my thesis that La La Land is not, in, in the end, going to be the consensus-loved movie that people think it is. But you feel yeah. like this sort of, what we're talking about here is, is a bunch of, really, critics talking things through. You right. feel like that's and so this it. is a very, so, so the Gothams, don't, here's, what, here's what I'm trying to say. The Gothams don't represent anything. They don't reflect anything, really. They, they, they're idiosyncratic. <laughs> good taste in the fact that Eric Cohen adores certain women, you know, whatever. Uh, but... They do help make people want to see movies. That's my point. That's right. the only point I'm trying to make. Yeah, the people I, who actually pay attention to them. By the I, way, even the Gotham Awards, when you actually parse you know, how much impact they, the winners are going to have, it isn't that big. and It's not a big splash in the overall universe. But, you know, there is probably something to be said for the visibility that these movies are getting right now. Okay, I get it. Certain Women is not an Oscar season player, but Manchester Moonlight obviously are. Yes, then, they're going you know, forward. So it can't Patterson hurt. gets a slight a slight boost for Adam Driver, who's the one person involved with Patterson that that could be considered if the if the actors want to look at that movie and and recognize what a great performance he gives. You know, he could be a real long shot. This helps him to be considered. Even, and check out know? that screenplay category. You got Hell or High Water. That's a movie that's done very well. No, this is going to help Hell or High Water, which I think would get in anyway. It's it and and um, I think Love and Friendship gets a, a is the one that might get a boost in that in that category as as a, I don't know about Kate Beckinsale. She's she's a long shot for for actress. Well, I don't, the best I don't actress categories. It. it seems to be so the most crowded. competitive one at this point. I mean, it just there's no way anybody can crack it unless they've already been gaining momentum at this point. There's no latecomers to this party. 
So basically, they're giving tributes to Amy Adams, which on some level helps the marketing team behind Arrival, which is not an indie film in this. It is not perceived as an indie film, although, in fact, Arrival is an indie film. Well, you know, it's uh, funny. I mean, the, the Gothams don't have a hard and fast rule for that definition the way the spirits do. A couple of years ago, I guess it was a decade ago, The Departed won Best Film, and they got a lot of backlash for that, because that was... I can see that. But, you know, it's sort of like, I mean, we wrestle with this on IndieWire. Scorsese is in our world, but it's a big studio movie. And so the spirits have a $20 million cap for how you qualify for these categories. But the Gotham's, what they did after the Departed debacle, as it were, was they they added a a term. They said that these movies had to be made with an economy of means, which is basically like, hint, hint, nudge, nudge, please don't nominate those studio movies. All right, so that would knock Arrival out. It's not, Arrival isn't one of the big, big movies, but it's it's, it's obviously, uh, you know, multi-million dollar event movie. Um, And then... uh, so I wouldn't have imagined that that so so the tributes help Amy Adams and and Ethan Hawke, where I'm still saying check out Born to Be Blue even though it's a long shot and and I still think Snowden is not going to register in the awards conversation even though I think it's actually a really good screenplay, um, but uh, whatever. Yeah, it's um, not the kind of thing people are getting too enthusiastic. No, it died. It it bombed. I mean, that's that's part of it, and and uh, and part of it is how people see Oliver Stone, which is just a, a something he has to live with. Um, you haven't even touched on the biggest omission here, which is the movie we've been talking about to death this whole season, just to figure out what the hell happened, which is Birth of a Nation. I wouldn't have expected that it's to be even from the beginning. But there were a couple people who tried to get some information out of me about this. I mean, it's in not a single category, so you have to you have to really look at this as as the kind of completion of that cycle in some ways, right? I mean, it's just it's well, in a way, it. yes. If birth in the old, I, I keep talking about this. There's there's the it's almost as though Birth of a Nation has two identities: the the, the uh, parallel universe that was supposed to be, and the real world, you know, that occurred. And and uh, I'm sure I'm sure Nate Parker wishes that that other universe had happened, but it didn't. And um, it's dead in the water at this point. It and, just is. And really, the movie of the moment, at least the one that seems to be capturing the zeitgeist in terms of the kind of ways we've been talking about it recently in the run up to release, is Moonlight. That movie, if you just look at the way that. People are talking about it, responding to it, the kind of enthusiasm surrounding it, building up to its release this weekend. I mean, that that is the movie that you couldn't have anticipated, but seems to speak to an underrepresented demographic, and at the same time, is very much something that speaks to people who just love cinema. So, well, I would recommend that everybody read the piece that you wrote this week. Oh, thank um, you. Not that we're trying to promote IndieWire or anything, but um, you did a lovely job of going back because this is an example of where IndieWire, you have been tracking Barry Jenkins, you saw Medicine for Melancholy, you have been following his career, you have been tracking him at festivals like Telluride where he's always there and I, I, I've I, met him there too, but you you really um, showed what you know, the travails of, of an independent filmmaker who's trying to get certain pro- this happens to every single filmmaker who, who, who gets discovered and, and gets tries to get things going and it, they run against 
the realities of financing, the realities of what's possible. And he needed a good producer to help him refine his, his vision and pick the right project. And this was such a great example of how Adele Romansky was able, and with Plan B coming in, these very enlightened uh, producers who, who, who see things and then they are able, Brad Pitt's company, um, able to get them made. This is just a great, uh, you, you laid it out really well and well, I think I people that. enjoy the piece. Yeah, I, but the other key point of that piece is that when Medicine for Melancholy made the rounds on the film festival circuit, even though it was acclaimed, it was a very small production and in some ways we were not as a culture at a time where we knew exactly what to do with that movie and that filmmaker in the way that Moonlight has sort of arrived at just the moment where that seems to be I agree. appropriate. That's totally also, true. The zeitgeist has to match up it, always in these situations. So you have a situation where on Metacritic, and I've been aware of this since uh, Telluride, you know, since it broke, but it's still true as of the opening uh, weekend. This movie's at like 99 on Metacritic, and that does not happen very often, and it is often a sign of a real um, Oscar contender. There are very few films that have been in this, that get this. This is the best-reviewed movie of the year, basically. But if I've studied my Ann Thompson correctly, it still has to do pretty well commercially. If it just, if people just don't go, that could be... If A.O. Scott and you and everybody else, I mean, beyond beyond what's happening right now with the opening weekend, you're you're all going to put it on your 10 best. I'm going put it on my 10 best it's going to be winning things like the new york film critics and and manchester by the sea is is the other competition though um and in some ways manchester is just as strong um is stronger in some ways but but it's it's going to do these are the two films that we're going to be be talking about and loving is coming along and had a big cover story in the in the hollywood reporter another uh, a film that that is part of the conversation about race and and, a, and an unthreatening one, a reassuring one, with great acting and Edgerton and, and Nega are both reflected in the votes uh, for the Gotham's, and so that sort of supports that push that's going to uh, going to continue. Love and, it. And your friend. Uh, Pablo Lorraine's Jackie got in there with, with Natalie Portman. Yeah, so yeah, I know. That's going to happen. I'm sure Searchlight would have liked to see it dominate some more categories, but it's a, that's a, the, probably the most audacious of, of these movies. I'm curious to see how something like Jackie does versus Loving or La La Land. I mean, there's such fundamentally different kinds of experiences. It's really hard to figure out which one has the upper hand in that respect. Well, La La Land has the disadvantage of having had such enormous expectations placed upon it that it's going to be hard for people to, uh, you know, a lot of people are going to have to... um, I mean, it is a crowd pleaser. People love it. It did win the audience award at Toronto. I mean, we're not worrying about that so much. But I, I believe that it will have um, a more varied response from a, a wide range of people. It's not going to be a consent, just like your group. That is what your group does reflect. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a movie that you watch it, you think it's very very much an accomplished achievement. But at the same time, especially because it's so hyped at this point, I think a lot of time, a lot of people by the time they get around to seeing it, it's just confirming exactly what they thought the movie was going to be, and so it's an interesting kind of marketing challenge. Since the movie's opening so late in the year after these other screenings that it's had, and um, well, the thing that the, the a lot of the movies that that end up breaking 
through have. And if you think about last year, you know, it was true of something like Room or something like Amy on the dock side. You know, when they do something that no one else has really done before and they make the audience sort of sit up and take notice, they become must-sees. Even even an indie hit like The Lobster did that. You know, you 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 look at um La La Land, and it does do that. It shows you a musical in a way that no one's ever shown you a musical, and that's a great asset. And and he reinvents it, and it plays younger. And I think Moonlight is totally new. You've never seen this before. Right. And 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 I think Manchester by the Sea takes drama and emotion and authenticity to a new level, and so does Loving. Well, I, I, I believe Loving. Loving does that, too. But Manchester and Loving, it sounds like, it, of the, that quartet, if indeed this is the quartet we we're, we're, we have now in terms of frontrunners, Loving and, and Manchester are the more kind of conventional experiences, at least in terms of yeah, the way they yeah, tell their stories. But not, and, I would argue that both of those filmmakers, those are writer-director uh, filmmakers, um, resist the, the one of one of the reasons they're going to push through is because they resist being Hollywood glossy, knocking you over the head, and and so audiences are are not going to be told what to think on those. Before we move on, I, I do want to single out the Bingham Ray Rig through Director Award, partly because it's a great tribute to Bingham Ray, and you know I always think about it when we deal with this category because it's it is a really neat way to showcase some of the films that have gained traction throughout the year. But I think that Robert Eggers' The Witch, which is like such a no-brainer, it's this breakthrough director story of the year. That movie did really well commercially. It's the second highest grossing indie film of the year, and it was at the top until it was uh, surpassed by Hell in High Water. Hell yeah. So, I mean, why, why doesn't an artful horror film that speaks to many different kinds of viewers, why isn't that more in the conversation? Couldn't they compete for that movie? Screenplay, cinematography? I mean, Well, then we're running into... Well, that's a good... I would like to think that screenplay would be a possibility. They would have to campaign for it, and they would have to push it and get it out there. I mean, this is a movie um, There's precedence with, uh... for, for comedies getting into... The, surprising things like... Like you know, Hangover or or Bridesmaids getting into getting right. into uh, the comedy writing does go through for, with the writers, and sometimes animated films go through with with the writers. But I don't know. I was thinking. Um, I just did. Well, I'm, I'm, I, I think that would have to be the genre. Genre is 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 dicier, which right. is one reason why Arrival, which I think has a chance to go through um, and, and be recognized as one of the best movies of the year. Um, it, it has that genre element to it that, that pushes it back slightly. We also have Southside with you in that category, which did very well commercially as well, and is, is capturing the zeitgeist only in the sense that it's the, the Obama movie, and there's another Obama movie about his time in college. This is the, the Obama-Michelle movie from their first date. I mean, that, that's a movie that I guess not everybody loved, but it's a very sweet portrait of a of a president that was lovely his way out so you know I, I don't know if that's something that roadside is is going to push on people to kind of remember no, out there, I don't think so no I I, I wish that I think we, they're delighted it did as well as it did yeah I think no, exactly pleased. although I, I think that it, the, the other thing is kind of cool is that Barry which Netflix is going to put out is is actually complementary to it so in some ways when they're both out there we'll have a more complete uh, kind of post-Obama cinema looking at his, his career. In any case, all of these movies have a better shot than Swiss Army Man, so 
Uh, <laughs> I'm just glad we got one last chance to single. Dream on. <laughs> so, Moonlight I have out. to say, for those, who, oh, oh, never mind, never mind, never mind. Anne's afraid she's going to offend somebody. <laughs> but Moonlight, uh, that movie. The one other thing that I'm wondering about here is it's so much of an artfully designed experience, but not a traditional narrative experience. Is that going to alienate people who don't care that, say, it's modeled on a Ho Shao Shen movie or that, you know, the cinematography is so striking in individual moments? I mean, it's a bit like, it's not boyhood, but it seems like there, I, I detect there is I think it's more there. like boyhood than you think in the sense that it takes these three temporal periods and adds up to uh, a fully fleshed human being who has been who you know who we who we gloss over and don't give depth to in so many of the narratives. Yeah, I'm just concerned watch. about silent dissenters almost. The people who who maybe I mean I'm just sort of playing devil's advocate because I love the movie so much, but I also know what kind of movie it is and I see there's lots of stuff like this if you really are. No, a lot of people here. are debunking how well Moonlight can do, but when all you need is is A.O. Scott saying that it's the best movie of the year. That's such a strong statement. Is this the best drop. movie of the year? Right? Yeah. You know? That, 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 that makes you sit up and, and go, well, what is this? we got to check this out. And it's not like it's... I mean, the one that people resisted looking at was 12 Years a Slave because they thought it was going to be so painful. Right. Well, It's it, not it like this anyway. is painful. It still went all the way, so... They had to. They had to watch it. That's what has to happen. Right. It has to become, and, and I'm not even worried. I'm not worried about that. It's just a small. It's just a small art movie. That is true. But would that be such a radical thing then for a small art movie to be a serious best picture contender? I mean, when was this the last time, time it's after Oscar So White. Right. So. That's that. The exactly the timing lines up. So the other movie opening this weekend, which. It doesn't seem like it's much of an Oscar contender, although it could have some serious commercial uh, appeal, is The Handmaiden, the Park Chan-wook film, which is fun and sexy, but also a very elegant, stylized period piece from a Korean filmmaker a lot of people like. And um, I, I'm really excited to see how audiences respond to this now that it's out there. I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty wild. I have wild. to say that I opened up uh, sneak previews with it um, for various uh, reasons. This is the um, class you teach at UCLA. With, right, uh, right, right. So so that's the art house audience, the elder. Not, no, no, no. I'm not going to say that. It's elder. Um, and and it's, um, they're cinephiles. But I've learned, I've learned over the years you 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 go foreign you go asian you go period and you go long at your uh peril so this is 2 hours and 24 minutes long and uh Many of the people in the group went for it, and a lot of them did not, and were quite. And it was very sexy for them. So extremely sexy. The people who didn't go for it, I'm curious to know what what sort of feedback you got from them. Two people wanted their money back for the entire series. That's how wow. old they were, and that's only two out of like 500 people. Um, but you that's know, hilarious. So, like they were, they were offended because it was too what. 
exploitive of women during the prolonged sex scenes or something like that? I mean, what? what is I, I don't honestly know what offended. I mean, I, I, I did talk to this one woman who was sitting in the in the uh, lobby and she just couldn't take it, you know. So, so <laughs> you, you're. I thought it was safe because it is so entertaining. It is based on you know this very accessible book that, you know, it's, it's, it's a pot boiler. It's, it's, it's a, it's a melodrama. It's, it's got all these great plot twists and, and, and it's, it's, it's a, a revenge story and it's a, a love story and, and you don't know what's what you're constantly being turned around by these unreliable narrators. It is so great. I love this movie and Manola loved it. But but you know in the New York Times. But um, I think the art house audience, the the high end art house audience, will will appreciate it. Well, it's it's also I mean, it's not a perfect movie. There's some over the top stuff that I mean, it almost feels like you know, can Park Chan Wook finish a movie without slipping in an octopus at some point or <laughs> mutilating? It's like John Woo's doves. Yeah, I don't know, it's just like he's sort of. He's he's it's so there are parts of it that are are kind of unnecessarily over the top that seem to kind of not denigrate but sort of lessen the impact of the more sophisticated espionage story at its core, which I really liked, and 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 so there, there it's an experience, it's an uneven experience, but I, and but it's I get gorgeous. I mean, yeah. the costumes are amazing, and what he also does if you if you if you can pay you know some attention to it is because it's about when Korea was occupied by Japan in the 1930s, he's the, the, the production design and, and the architecture and, and the costumes and everything, he's playing around with, with a mix of cultures that's very sophisticated, too. Okay, so this is an Amazon Studios release, and they're partnering, as they always do, with the theatrical distributor, in this case, Magnolia, which seems like the right fit. They do a lot of genre stuff, and they're not, they don't have and to And a lot of Asian films. Yeah, so they don't have... This doesn't need to be a, a massive success here. I mean, it's already opened in a lot of other places, too, but it does cont- continue the sort of... Uh, open question about Amazon Studios as they keep putting out different kinds of movies and they haven't even put out Manchester yet that'll be a big test for them as well well uh, Roadside yeah. is their partner and they know what they're doing um, um, I, I, that, I of all these things Manchester's the one that's in many ways the most tried and true in terms of what they're going for I think I think it makes people cry it's it's so good yeah, you know. certainly more people will watch that than The Handmaiden, even if they're <laughs> not in your class. So, so next week, uh, I guess uh, we'll we'll have an opportunity to dig through some Halloween options, maybe find another reason to take a break from all this Oscar talk. But I'm sure there'll be some other award season uh, developments as well. So I get to go to an actual uh, Halloween party. Uh, that Penske Media throws in LA. What's your costume, man? Tell us now. Hildy Johnson. <laughs> that sounds about right. Maybe you'll win the comp- competition. I hear it's a, it's a fierce one this year. So maybe not as fierce as Oscar season, but it's all relative. Anyway, have fun out in Mexico, and we'll connect soon. Bye-bye. Step into the world of power, loyalty 
and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.